please. Chapter 4. James chapter 4. We're on a, a series on blessings. That's good. Because we serve a God and a Heavenly Father that His heart's desire is to bless us. And so we're exploring all the the, the truths of, of blessing and we've looked at some things and today we're going to just, I, I guess I'm going to just speak from my heart in some respects because I really don't have a sermon. Maybe that's dangerous, I don't know, but we'll just give it a go. Look at James chapter 4 and verse 13, it says, Come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Amen to that. For what is your life? This is what I want to ask you today. What is your life? It is even a vapor. Everyone say vapor. That appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Say my life is a vapor. And we need to remember that. This this week, as I was getting ready to leave and go somewhere, and usually when I'm ready to leave and go somewhere, I'm going somewhere, so don't bother me. I'm focused. I know where I'm going. And I, I noticed the neighbor man coming down the street. He walks his little dog, little tiny dog, and he's, a, he's in his 80s. I call him the Dutchman because he's got a Dutch name. I presume he's Dutch. And he's he's gotten up there, and I've watched he and his wife and and uh, their health fail. But here he was, and I always take time. Even if I'm going down the street, I will stop and roll the window down and shoot the breeze with him. Just talk to him, and he'll visit. We won't visit about anything heavy. And I was getting ready to leave. Here he comes, and I thought, okay, this is good for a while. And he said. You know, he comes up to me and says, you know, so-and-so down the street died. I said, no, I didn't know he died. And uh, I, I, this man was a retired bachelor. I knew nothing about him except one time I knew that he was robbed and, and uh, he'd been to the bar and evidently someone next to him at the bar had had heard him talk about money or something that he had in his house. And they robbed this, he robbed this old boy. And he used to fix mowers. And I'd, I'd go by there all the time, and I never went down to have him fix my mower. I never needed it fixed, but people would bring riding mowers. He was always there outside working on, on mowers. And so my neighbor, the Dutchman, comes up to me and he says, you know, so-and-so just died. And I said, no. And he looked at me and he says, it scares the hell out of me. I'm in my 80s. I thought, oh, okay. And I looked and I put my arm on him and I said, said his name. I said, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would go? And this is the classic answer from a Lutheran. I'm not like you were Lutheran, weren't you? I didn't mean to look this way, but who else was a Lutheran? I sure hope so. It 
someday I'm going to get somebody that says, Jesus is my Lord. I've gotten a few of those, and it's encouraging, but I sure hope so. So the Dutchman, he he hopes he's going to heaven, and, and I didn't take the time because here come my other two neighbors down the street at this... And if they hadn't come down the street, this preacher could have really probably done more damage, huh? And I and I said, well, that's too bad. And he walked, and the neighbors were, other neighbors were here, and I knew they were coming to visit. And so I kind of discreetly walked back into the garage, and so the Dutchman went up to them, and he said, so-and-so died, scares the hell out of me. Same thing again. I need to have a visit with him, and I will. I'll go down and, and visit with him because he needs the hell scared out of him. Life is but a vapor. We're on this earth just momentarily. And so we need to make the best of it. We need to make the best of it. You say, do you know, I, I, you know maybe you know somebody, and you know I'm, I'm even considering... Inviting them to Easter service. When I was younger, I mean, nobody likes to be rejected. But who cares? You're talking about eternity. You never know. That individual might think, wow, they care about me. You know? And I don't know if they'd come or not. The other two neighbors coming down the street at the same time, they need to come too. They're getting older. I've watched, I've watched their health fail. We're all getting older. Do you know where you're going? I hope you know where you're going. The thought of dying without Christ should scare the hell out of you. Now, this is what, without going through, I mean, I've got lots of scriptures. And I don't want to bombard you with scriptures. I, I, I just want you to understand something. Next Sunday is, is Palm Sunday. We're going to receive communion next Sunday. And the following is Easter. and We're having a special 30-minute video and we're going to show you and, and an opportunity for people to accept Christ. The thing is, today I want to ask you a question. In fact, look at Acts chapter 8, and we'll start there, because we're going to look at Paul, the Apostle Paul. I know that when we come to Christ, the Bible says we're to forget those things that are... What? Behind. Press on towards those things that are ahead. But today, I want to stir up your pure minds to remembrance. Some of you are young and, and have come to Christ when you were young and, and innocent, and that, that's wonderful. But I want to ask you a question today. Do you know where you've come from spiritually? Do you know what you were like spiritually before Christ? We don't, sometimes after being a Christian for so long, we, uh, just kind of forget the way we were. Don't we? And that's alright. We don't want to, we don't want to major on, 
you know, having a sin consciousness. We want a righteousness consciousness. And, and that's good. And, and we need to forget that to a point. But today, I want you to remember what you were like. Now, sweetheart, you're so young and innocent. I mean, you're, I don't see how you could have been bad even before Christ. Because that's why these little ones, young ones, need to come to Christ early. They don't need to live their life in sin and then come to Christ. But what were you like? Real quiet. What were you like? I want you to just reflect and think about what you were like before you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Think about it. And the sad thing is we come to Christ after being a sinner and, and thank God we're delivered from that. But then we don't go any further in knowing who we are now. We just kind of rest in, 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 in knowing the fact that we're saved and when we die, yes, our life's like a vapor and when we die, we're going to go to heaven and the interesting thing is when the other neighbor came down, when the Dutchman said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared, you know, what about, you know, dying. He didn't say that or scared the hell out of me were his exact words. Then the other neighbor said this. I forgot till now. He said, well, when it's my time, it's my time. And so after listening to this exchange... It just brought me back to, to remembering how many people don't have any idea about the plan of salvation. And what scares the hell out of me is how many older people. Gee, my preacher cusses. They're all going to leave today going, you've got to come to this church, the preacher cusses. <laughs> how many people don't? Sitting in nursing homes, laying in nursing homes, hospitals today. Your neighbors, how many of your neighbors do you even think and reflect when you leave for the day? How many of your neighbors are going straight to hell because they've never heard the gospel? Nobody ever took the time to invite them to church because, you know, we're afraid. Oh, well, they're too busy. We're afraid. We're go they're going to say no. Who cares? got to have an attitude. Listen, you had that kind of attitude in the world. Why did you get so wishy-washy now when you became a Christian? Why don't you exercise some of that boldness that you did after you put a few down years ago? What's he mean, put a few down? Uh, think about it. False courage. There are people dying and going straight to hell. And we cross their paths every day when we go through the McDonald's or we go into Casey's. Everybody we come in contact with, a lot of people don't know Jesus. And in these last days, we must major on this thing of, of 
explaining to them the plan of salvation. But, you know, the important thing is build relationship with them. And, and the thing is, the Dutchman, I, I patted his arm, and I said, you know, I said, I got to get a little religious for the Lutherans. I said, you know I'm a minister. He says, and you're a good one. I don't know how he knew that. <laughs> I thought, boy. I wish I had that recorded. I could play that a few times once in a while during the week. When I don't feel like such a good one. Acts 8, look at this. I want you to see who the Apostle Paul was and the characteristics even that he describes of himself before he had that on the road to Damascus experience. It says in verse 1, it says, Now Saul was consenting to his death. Whose death? Stephen. At the time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. As for who, Saul? He made havoc of the church. Entering every house. Did you hear? Did you know? Every, not some, every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Who are we talking about? Paul. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. This is the old Paul. He knew, he remembered who he was. He tells us here in the Scripture what he was like. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 8. It says, Then last of all he was seen by me, Paul speaking also as by one born out of due time, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I what? Persecuted the church of God. Persecuted the church of God. Look at uh, Galatians. Galatians. Chapter 1, verse 11. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former what? Conduct in Judaism, how I what? Persecuted the church of God beyond major and beyond measure, and tried to what? Destroy it. Look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. I want to encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. I want to encourage you every time, you know, the Scripture goes forth, open your Bibles. 1 Timothy chapter 1, it's the Word that sets you free. Not the preacher, it's the Word. So you've got to see it in the Word. 1 Timothy 1, verse 13. This is Paul. It says, verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Wow. God counted who faithful? Although I was what? Formerly a what? Blasphemer a persecutor, an insolent or arrogant man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. 
Are you hearing what Paul was like? He was a real jerk. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I saw this years ago, this, and it really blessed me. And brought revelation to me. And it should help you. And look at 2 Corinthians 7 verse 2. Now who's this? This is Paul. It says, therefore having these promises beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Open your hearts to us. Now listen. We have what? Wrong no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. Who is that? Paul. Didn't I just read to you how Paul described himself to us? A violently arrogant man who persecuted the the church and drugged people off, went into their homes, drug them out, put them in chains, put them in prison, stood by, by the cloaks of those that were stoning the first martyr, Stephen. Paul had an experience. He met the Lord Jesus Christ. Now all of us have not had that kind of experience. It was was quite an experience. But it changed him to the point where he, he can say, because he's a new creation in Christ Jesus, I haven't done anything wrong. That blows my mind. We've wronged no one. We've cheated no one. How can you say that, Paul? Because you were this, this. I mean, when he'd come, he had trouble developing relationships with the early apostles, the early church, because they knew about his past, and they'd run the other way. They didn't want him involved. They didn't trust him. But people like Barnabas took him under wing and helped him and introduced him to the early church where they gained understanding and realized this man had had quite a transformation and experience with God. Today I want you to remember who you were, how you were dead spiritually. I know you're here today and you're thankful that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, but I want you to remember your past today. What was that Dan Repke like in a hell? No, I don't want to know the details. That used to sit in a helicopter. What kind of gun was that? Did you fire that thing? Yeah. Were you a little different back then? Not that we've arrived. None of us have arrived. We're all works in progress. But you're not the same Dan, are you? Why? Because Jesus changed his heart. You're not the same guy. You, I think, I, you know, when I first met you, I, don't, I know what you were like before Christ. I've heard a, little, a few things. It's your sweetheart now. Make sure he stays that way. If he doesn't, we'll take care of him. But you're a good man. You're a good man. The old man's dead. new man's alive in Christ. 
I'll never forget. I can remember vividly. I was in the garage working in the shop, and he he showed up. How many years ago that been? Dear Lord, I lose track of time. Fourteen years. My gosh. Why did you show up to my garage? Come ask me for forgiveness. Why did you ask me? Can we do this? Because then you don't care. Why did you ask me for the forgiveness? I'm not a Catholic priest. I don't need to meet with you privately and open the little door. Why did you ask me for forgiveness? Because you got a DUI the night before. And you were already working here, and I don't, were you drumming still? Aren't you glad you got a pastor that has mercy? Is not legalistic? I've learned, I'm, I'm, I've learned this, and, and I want you to understand this. Sin is sin. But we can, there's a danger of becoming too legalistic. And I, I don't, did, you, did, I put, did I make you step down from drumming? No. Some preachers would have. I didn't. And rightfully so. I didn't, no. I didn't have an unction to do that. We'll look at him today. You know what? I said to her yesterday, I said, have I made any... We, we, we talk on our long trips to ball games. It's just her and I. Sometimes we go hours and we don't talk. And I looked over and I said, is, is my life been worth it? Is my ministry, no matter how small it is, has it been worth it? Has I, have I made any difference? See, you can get squirrely in your thinking. How many have you ever thought? Think, you know, and then I look at you. If I've done anything, so don't screw up. Don't, there's more here to hit. Don't screw up. You won't screw up, Dan. You're too old. You, you're not going to, not too old, but you're not going to screw up. It's these younger ones that there's more of a temptation to screw up, I think. Amen? I look at you today. You never used to come here. She came before he did. Who's that? Your mother. She love you? Yeah. See what God can do? Don't worry about Dad. He's a piece of cake. Amen? Don't worry about our loved ones. If, if we make the effort and do what we can and pray and love them and trust, you know, and be an example to them and don't shove it down their throat. Don't do that. Tell you, if I'd done that years ago to the Dutchman without building a relationship with him, he would have told me to go to you know where. <laughs> I just want to say hell today. Is that all right? <laughs> Sake of time, I'll save it. Save you a lot of time today. This is who you were. Romans 5, 6 through 10, it calls you, said you were sinners. Enemies of God. Romans 6.16, you were slaves of sin. I was a slave of sin. A person a slave is a slave of that to which he gives obedience 
or that which he recognizes his, as his master, and he's moving in the direction of eternal death, all the while experiencing a death-like existence in life now. Slave of sin. Romans 8, 7 says you were governed by your flesh or governed by your five physical senses. And that's you were dead spiritually, so you weren't in contact with God. All you had to go by were your five physical senses. It's not that way now. Ephesians 2, 1, 13 says you were dead in trespasses and sin. You walked according to the course of this world. You conducted yourselves in the lusts of your flesh. You were sons of disobedience. There was no hope. You didn't have Christ. There was no hope for you. Ephesians 5.8 says you were once darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. But you were once what? In the dark. Colossians 1.13 states you were delivered from the power of darkness. Colossians 1.21 says... You were alienated and enemies in your mind. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says you were in fear. You were in, you were in bondage to fear and death. That's who you and I were. Look at Ephesians 1. You don't know how much time I just saved just going through that and not making you turn to all those scriptures. Elbow your neighbor and say he's a good pastor. That's right. We'll get out of here sooner. Today I want you to remember where you came from. Now, next week, not so much Easter, we're going to begin talking about who you are now. In Christ. The phrase in Christ in Him, in the Beloved, in whom, all applies to Jesus. And, and sometimes we can let phrases like that spiritually intimidate us. We read that and we say, you know, even Peter said some of the things Paul writes are difficult to understand. But we really, in the days ahead, must gain revelation and, and understanding of who we are now. The old person's dead, but who are we now in Christ? What, 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 what are my rights today as a Christian believer? What are my rights? What, what, are, what is my spiritual inheritance? What do I have now? Ephesians 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Say, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. All the spiritual blessings of God are found in Christ. We're talking this year about blessings. They're all found where? In Christ. All the spiritual blessings of God are realized in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the believer's responsibility to abide in Christ and gain understanding of his spiritual inheritance. 
Each believer is placed into Christ at the time of the new birth, but he is in Christ. Now listen. I've been reading this. Kenyon said this and it helped me. Each believer is placed into Christ where? At the time of the new birth. And we'll talk more about that next time. But he's in Christ as a seed. Say seed. And unless the roots of his being root themselves in this great life he's placed into, stability is impossible. So when you're born again, you're placed into Christ. You're a little seed. So it's your responsibility and my responsibility to grow in Christ. You know, we're to, we're to desire the pure milk of the word of God. We're commanded of God to grow spiritually. So remember today, today I just want you to reflect, even the rest of the day, reflect on who you used to be, what you used to be like. How many of you were like me, jerks? I'll never forget the time I said something to a young lady in high school and she slapped my face so hard, I can still feel it today. I wasn't getting fresh. Well, I don't know. I wasn't getting fresh with her. I didn't have that much confidence then. She slapped me because I smarted off to her. I had a mouth. Isn't that interesting? And now I'm in the preaching business. Not everybody with should be a preacher, though. Unless they're born again. And the spirit, their spirit controls the tongue. Stand to your feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that we remember who we used to be like. We remember there are people out there that need Christ. We shouldn't judge them, but love them and accept them and, and, and encourage them. So thank you, Lord God, for your grace upon this body of believers to invite those people they need to, that they know are bound for hell. And thank you, Lord, in the days ahead for opening the eyes of our understanding of who we are now in Christ. Bring understanding to all of us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You're blessed. Be a blessing this week. God bless you. Thank you.